and the total number of votes given to each candidate was as follows. Jeremy Hunt, 46,656. Boris Johnson, 92,153. And therefore, I give notice that Boris Johnson is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. Hello and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. You can hear the Katie Halper Show on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also find extra episodes, bonus content at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Please rate and review us on iTunes. So welcome to the Katie Halper Show. Very excited to be having on the show Riley Quinn. He is the host of the of Trash Future or The Trash Future. You can say whichever. Either okay. way. Really. How about uh? Let's just make of, it indefinite. One of a couple. All right, yeah. Know. He's the host of a Trash Future podcast. He's the host of the Trash Future podcast, co-host. Indeed. He's indeed. a Canuck. Is it Canuck or uh, Canuck? I can, never I, know. I mean, one of those is a slur. Right. Okay, yeah. so whichever one's a slur, that's what yeah. I intend to mean. Absolutely. Uh, he's a Canadian. He is living in London. Indeed. And he's now in New York. Indeed. So welcome, Riley. It's great to be here in uh, in Manhattan. A uh, lot of stuff, a lot of American flags around. Um, You're so, welcome. Yeah. So th- otherwise, I'd be speaking German, of yeah. course. Yeah. Wow. You you had to go there despite yeah. the fact that I'm. That's very triggering for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just why don't we both be quietly triggered, um, and that will be the entirety of the show. We just there did we it. Yeah. So tell us. Uh, what brings you to New York? A wedding? I just uh, spoiled the answer, but tell absolutely, I'm I'm here I'm here for a wedding, and also of course um, to share my, uh, frankly, for someone who's talking about the UK disappointing voice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna. So I'm gonna be real. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Uh-huh. And so uh, I I really do like your podcast. I and I had listened in the past. And then the reason I knew to even have you was because Jake Flores, who's such a nice guy and a bench, was like, hey, if you want to have a cool guest, um, uh, Riley Quinn is in from from London. Indeed. And I was like, oh, cool. And then you, so I I asked him for your number. We were texting back and forth and you were saying things like indeed and being witty and clever. And I'm hearing all these texts in a British accent. And then I go to listen again to a podcast episode of your show, an episode of your podcast. And I hear like this kind of a boat yeah. accent, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is going on?" I had to reconsider having you on uh-huh. because I don't really, you know, I, I was much more excited. No offense about the British accent, but you were good enough guest to have, despite your the absence of your British accent. Oh, yeah. I considered asking you to just talk in a British accent, um, but I gave up that. Yeah, that, uh, excellent because. That writer. I- I, having been in the UK for now the better part of a decade, and having spent my entire adult life there, my British accent still sounds like someone doing a, um, a Dick Van Dyke impression. Right. It's real. But I, I must just be especially dumb because I have failed to learn anything. Yeah. Well, and that's why we left this podcast. Right. If yeah. you were British, you could be especially dumb and no one would know because you had a British accent. People in Britain would know. <laughs> Okay, yeah, <laughs> right, because you're that, right. That's their mm. default, right? But here, you you sound like a, a genius. For an American to sound like a normal Brit, you have to be like a rocket scientist. Yeah. And for an Australian to sound like 
a normal American, they have to be a rocket scientist. Yes, the transitive property of rocketry. Exactly. That, that is mostly, that's the rocket access Rocket science. man, that's what yeah. it's actually about. You it's, may think it's about Elton John, but it's yeah. not. Okay, so talk to us about, first of all, what brought you to England from Canada? And is Australia next or Scotland next? Are you doing like the whole... Scotland, oddly enough, is sort of next. Really? Oh, um, I just yeah. gave you the best... Spoiler. I know, yeah. Uh, so I moved, to, um, I moved to Britain from Canada to study. Uh, so I, I moved there in 2011 to study. Uh, I sort of kept studying, and then I just sort of ended up staying, and I ended up falling on to, falling into the British left uh, through initially first doing comedy. Fell, actually, first you fell onto it. Just to tell yeah. the truth, you were in a, a gallery. You yeah. fell onto some labor yeah. MPs. I was and like, oh, rom com, and yeah, I had yeah. a, a meet cute with John McDonald. Yeah, um, and the rest, as they say, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, is history. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, cool. Damn. <laughs> That's like some Justin Trudeau stuff, right? Oh, Which man. We'll get to he loved he He's that so guy. Cool. That guy has actually never, he's never said any word with the word men in it. Instead right. of saying mentioned, he'll say people shouldn't. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, people shaviks. Yeah, people <laughs> Um Yeah, so I, I, I sort of, I fell on onto John McDonald, had our meet cute. We went out for a date. Then, of course, you know, West Streeting came in. And, and then I sort of, I was like, ah, oh, is it him or is it John? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so what happened was I, I fell in with the, um, with the British left. Uh, How did you, that happen? Well, it happened because I started. I started off um, doing stand-up comedy, and you were apolitical, like at this point. No, or? I was. I mean, I was personally a socialist. Oh, okay. Um, and then you shared stuff, but you had no idea yeah. about your politics. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I sort of. I think what happened he was polyamorous. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd, look, what is what is a poly person? But if not a, a socialist, but yeah. a dick socialist. Yeah, dick socialist. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I I was doing comedy and I, I hated that. Uh, real awful. Huh. <laughs> Just really uh, in London. Yeah, awful scene, awful experience. Don't recommend it. Okay. And then um, I the podcast sort of started first, and then as it got a little more popular, I kind of fell I just sort of knew more and more people on the British left and then it sort of grew until the point now where we're actually going to be at the world transformed in uh, September which is the um, a parallel labor conference that momentum puts on uh, so if you're listening in Britain come see us at that you're opening? Uh, yeah, we're, op we're opening for John McDonald. Nice. Uh, I have no idea who we're opening for. I don't know where we're going to be Probably in the program. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If, I, if anything, we might bump Corbin. Yeah. Um, they're going to make us, the all four of us, uh, podcast hosts, the leader of the British Labour Party, as a Greek chorus. Who yeah. are always just speaking, or really a barbershop quartet, just or saying can -can policy. Girls. Yeah, can-can yeah. girls. Yeah. But really any kind of four-person setup, a handball game. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just becoming, and that's how we're going to do socialism. Uh, instead of making it about one person, be right. your leader. As, right. Uh, yeah. As Not, centrists yeah, usually exactly, refer to them right. as. So, um, was it, okay, I want to ask you about the word fanny. Oh, Because my, I know yes. in England that is the woman's private part. It, it is, it, yeah, absolutely. What is it in, in Canada? In Canada, it it's butt. In, it's like it's you, butt. it's okay, like you guys. It's like yeah. So, what's funny is that my I think friend, in Australia, it's also um, vagina. It's hip. Yeah, it's hip. Yeah, <laughs> it's so they're, they're between the. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, they're the worst. They're the Australia. dumbest. So, it has to be foot or something. Yeah, Australians, not actually technically human. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I feel so free as a Jew. Like, it's so nice to be, as a white person and Jew, um, it's so nice to have, like, some outlet for my um, creativity in terms of, you know, stereotyping so i it's nice i have i feel like I have, i'm entitled to like most other white people mm. well it's like um 
Although to owning we, them is we, what I of mean. Course, yeah, absolutely. But we can't um we can't make fun of Nancy Pelosi because I found out recently she's a POC. Is she uh, really? Yeah. She's Sicilian or something? Um yeah, yeah, uh, yeah she's a, a person of cannolis. Yeah. Um and yeah, it was it's recently been a being uh, sort of claimed semi relentlessly on Twitter that actually it's not in any way racist for Nancy Pelosi to suggest that the um Sort of four, the four sort of incoming freshmen, Justice Dems, right. like AOC and Rashida Talib and um, uh, uh, Ellen Omar and right. Anna Presley, that it's not racist to, for her to say they need to sit down and learn, right. et cetera, et cetera. No, it's not yeah. because Nancy Pelosi is a POC because she's Italian. Right. These are actual claims that sort of it seems like Democrats are making. Well, it's, I don't know if you saw I this. Love, their, your Democratic Party is so like, look, the labor right is like, at least they're not this embarrassing. Well, they're not, not they're not pseudo woke, right? Um, they are a little bit, but not nearly to the like they haven't ingested the um, this the pseudo like the pseudo woke you might say like social justice Laura Mipsum yeah, like right. you guys have. It's right. really impressive to see them to see them work. Well, you know the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, um, not the Canadian Broadcasting. Uh, Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, um, is mad at the Justice Dems mm-hmm. because they are targeting people of color, um, by which I mean they are going after five members of Congress, mm-hmm. for instance. They're primarying five members of Congress. Um, one is a, a black man, and mm-hmm. they are running a woman who happens to be a black woman against mm-hmm. him. That's racist, one, of it, it, yeah. yeah. One is a Latino man, and they are running a Latina woman against him. Still, it's now, that's actually misandrism. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. it yeah. should be Latinx. Yeah. Um, one is a white man and they are running a white woman against him. One is mm-hmm. a white woman running against a white man, white woman against a white woman. Sorry. And then one is uh, a man, that, a white man they're primarying and running a black man. Mm-hmm. So that is how they are targeting people of color. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's unfortunately they're targeting POCs and people of Congress. I'm going to keep doing these. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like uh, that. Oh my God, I wish my dad could come out. <laughs> So, yeah, tell us more about um, the differences, I guess, or the, you know, British left, um, American left, like Bernie Sanders. By the way, I think that Jeremy Corbyn kind of looks Jewish. Mm. I can say this, Jew. I also think that Tony Blair kind of looks Jewish. So just putting mm-hmm. it out there. Yeah. Um, and I think Corbyn maybe should pretend to be Jewish. So he's uh-huh. not accused of anti-Semitism. They'll just call him a self-loathing Jew. What do you think the the biggest differences and similarities between Corbyn and Bernie are? <laughs> well, I think like Corbyn's foreign policy tends to be a little bit more on point. Like Bernie sometimes will cop out a little bit. Yeah. On... We know that behind closed doors he's with us, but yes, yeah. he will sometimes. Bernie Bernie a little bit sometimes thinks he needs to be triangulate a bit on on war on you know imperialism and right. stuff. Whereas like Corbyn's sort of whole politics are anti imperialist. Yeah. Like. If anything, sometimes I think that Corbin Corbin's weakness is I think his overwillingness to um, talk about how we have to strengthen the border guards and and you know fund the police and so on and so on because under the Tories funding for these uh, institutions tends to like be cut 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 yeah. cut and so border uh, guards are the ones who stand outside of the palace. <laughs> yeah, so we need taller hats. <laughs> um, so we'll. I think that the labor could be better on looking beyond police as a method for, you know, controlling right. whatever, you okay, know. Okay, once he once he really wins, he'll be an abolitionist but yeah, for now. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's I instead of hitting the Tories on you cut funding for police, you could hit the Tories on you think the police are yeah. the solution to every social problem. Right.
read Alex Vitale's book. Yeah. Jeremy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the policing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you were going to rank Britain, Canada, and and the United States in a racism off, where would they land? Oh. Gold, oh, silver, uh, bronze. God, they're they're all. I mean, they're all. They, they are countries that all have their strengths. Right. Um. I think. Okay. One you're of like your children. Yeah, they're uh, all my precious, favorites. awful, racist yeah. children. I mean, look, number okay, number one, you know, the goat, the states. You know, I mean, it's um it's probably one of the largest slave economies and yeah. so on. You know, that's that's the yeah. obvious choice. So let's just shelve right. that one. Plus, we, we have know. a lot of armed. We have a yeah. lot of a very armed uh, state apparatus. So yeah. lots of violence. Oh, Although yeah. that's not. Yeah, yeah that's. Just part of it, but yeah. Yeah, so let's let's shelve yeah. that one. We know about that one. Yeah, sure. We, that, well, that one's the goat. It's like saying, oh, is, was LeBron good? Shelf Greatest of all time, just for yeah. the people you know who are like me, who <laughs> always forget what that stands for, yeah. Uh, no, it's literally a goat. It's a goat, it's yeah. A goat. That's a term um, for racists. Yeah, <laughs> that's my racist term against racists. Yeah, exactly. yeah damn goats. goats. Actually, it's uh, goats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that Britain and Canada are more interesting. Um, so Britain... I mean, we like, uh, there are a lot of people on, in Britain, especially on the right, who like to talk about how, oh, this is, this is the, this country is the legacy of freedom. We ended slavery. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but A, you started slavery. Right. You profited from slavery. Right. After you abolished slavery in Britain, you still ship slaves to the United States. Right. Like there are still, like the University of Bristol still has tons of buildings literally named after a slave trader called yeah. Colston. Like everything in Britain is named after Colston, except the stuff that's named after other less important slave traders. Yeah. Right, because it's a big slave port, um, and it's still named after him, and they still profited from it, and it's still being built on it, you know. Um, and when they ended, and one of the ways that they ended slavery more broadly was they just paid all the slave owners for their slaves. Yeah, you know, so it's like that's how the you don't know how English like how slavery ended in the British colonies was well, they just engaged in a commercial transaction yeah. and they bought all the people. And then they did what with them? Well, then they freed them, but like not, they, I mean, I'm not I'm not sugarcoating it, but no. it's not. You could look. You could have done worse. Yes, you could have. But done like worse. the fact you that you could have bought them and then kept used them. them. Yeah, but the fact like the fact that there was that at no point was it ever right. acknowledged that slavery sure, right. was a crime. You yeah. know, so it was whitewashed. And it yeah, was, yeah, it was. There's a, the British, and the fact also that like um, after having after doing that, they continued to keep a lot of people in. It's a much, maybe slightly friendlier bondage, but still right. bondage. They still engineered famines in, right. in India and so on. In terms of body count, in um, Ireland. yeah, in, in India, Ireland, everywhere. In terms of body count, you know, the UK might actually be catching up to the US. In what? In racism. Oh wow. Yeah. Like body count though of what are we talking about? R- racisms. But racism. Are we talking down. about like this? Like you're not. You don't mean. I think. Like I think body, maybe people of people, people killed. killed. I think of really? people killed. Really? How, yeah. how were you doing? Like that? the Bengal. The you're Bengal famine. Cocky. Yeah, the Bengal. I mean, look, the Bengal famine. That was us. You know, Wait, like, but when was that? Uh, that was Around. in the. You mean decade. Forties, uh, Churchill. The thirties, oh. actually, Churchill uh, engineered. So you're saying post-slavery they've been catching up? Oh yeah. But I thought you meant recently, recently. Okay, got it. Oh, recently, recently. I mean, right. recently, recently, do you know about the hostile environment? Uh, is you that familiar? your weather? Your weather. Know that, right? <laughs> a lot of gray. A lot of rain. She's here all week, folks. Yeah. Um, That's the, the hardest you laughed during yeah. the episode, by the way, yeah. Uh, so, the hostile environment was a policy that was cooked up uh, under the coalition government. Uh, so, it's Blair and, uh, not Blair, sorry, uh, that is Cameron and Clegg. Um, this was when Theresa May was Home Secretary. So I think this started in two thousand. Women belong in the home. 
<laughs> and belong secre- as secretaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Homemakers or secretaries, yeah. Um, and the idea was uh, that Britain was supposed to become like in innately hostile to be in if you weren't supposed to be there, quote unquote, unquote, unquote. Um, so the, so for example, they would started doing immigration checks or sort of mandating immigration checks, like to open a bank account, to rent a flat, to go to the hospital and so on and so on. If you didn't look like you were from Britain, quote, unquote, 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 then you were going to be asked to produce your papers more or less constantly. And then you were going to be put in like the OG um, illegal immigrant concentration camps, which, by the way, we have been doing for a long time. Yeah. Like Yarl's Wood. Like, look up Yarl's Wood. I thought you were saying Yarl's. I was like, that yeah. sounds weird. Look up Yarl's okay. Wood. Uh, <laughs> folks, um, Y-A-R-L-S space W-O-O-D. Uh, like, that is a place where immigration detainees have been going on hunger strike in protest of the conditions being held indefinitely there for, like, years. So, like, j- much like the British invented concentration camps in in um, South Africa. Uh, right. We created the sort of we pioneered the modern administrative um, state twenty first century concentration camps in like Yarl's Wood and stuff. So basically, Donald Trump was copying off of us. Right. Um, Canadian racism is, I think, actually interesting. Like a lot of people think, oh, Canada is this you know tolerant country yeah. with a goofy prime minister. I think one of the reasons people think that Canadian racism is, isn't as bad is that some of the you primary... You about Indigenous people there? That's exactly it. And I think a lot of the reasons that American racism is sort of so visible, or, or American anti-black racism right. is so visible, is that a, a lot of... It's, it's more urban. It's more concentrated in cities yeah. or in peri-urban areas. Whereas in Canada, what we've done is we've taken our national shame and we've put it far outside right. of the cities by... Um, basically putting the mostly indigenous population out of sight and out of mind. So there are there are communities that are going without water, without food, without anything yeah. really. And especially like conservative governments in, in Ontario and like, don't get me, like, make no mistake, we are going to get a Canadian Trump style figure. Like we already have one in charge of the government of Ontario, um, Doug Ford. Oh, the brother of uh, the brother lady, of the uh, crack guy. Yeah, what was his first Rob name? Rob Ford. Rob Ford. Yeah, the 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 the, 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 the big giant fatso who really should have just been a fun party guy if he right. had a Hawaiian shirt. Or just open for his brother. Yeah, at absolutely. Events. But yeah, is he the one whose wife was like, "We're not anti-Semites because our accountant's Jewish," or was it Doug's wife who said that? Uh, it's one know? of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, again, you know, very cool, very cool thing to yeah. say. Um, very reassuring. Yeah, awesome. Oh, oh, good, an accountant. Um, so we've got, um, so I think, I think it's easy to think that Canada is a sort of less racist society right. because it's just less visible to a right. lot of people who aren't looking for it. And the Canadian government, of course, makes very little attempt to make it any more visible or do much about it. Yeah. So look, I think in terms of the sheer amount of suffering caused by racism, the UK and the US, unbeatable. But Canada is a dark horse. And I think people really? don't give it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think people don't give Canada enough um, enough credit right, for right. being a genuinely horribly racist society. Yeah. Well, you're 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 um, putting them on the map. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm here trying to make people more aware. Yeah. Uh, that Canada has been breaking ground in racism for decades. And what about um, Brexit? What do most Americans not know about Brexit? Hmm. I'm going to pretend that I'm talking about most Americans as opposed to myself because I find it kind of confusing. I'm okay. not going to lie. Uh, there's sort of, Brexit's such an information dense topic. So why don't you start with a question? Um, 
what is happening now, uh, what should uh, Corbin have done, mm-hmm. and what is to be done. Okay. To quote Lennon. <laughs> okay, uh, so what? one of the things that Corbin has been really great at is that one thing that makes him one of the things that makes him so much better than other labor leaders is that on issues where they triangulated and prevaricated and tried to sit in the middle, um, he didn't. So he would instead of saying that oh uh, austerity is not great, but we need the free market, more tax credits for means tested immigrants or whatever. You know, he was saying no, these things are bad. They must be abolished. Radical action must be taken. But there are areas of his uh, position as leader of the opposition where I and some other, like, I think quite sort of some labor people I've talked to that are, are on the like left of the party uh, think that Corbyn is sort of being, actually doing the triangulation. Corbyn's been triangulating on Brexit, um, where he has, and I think the triangulation for a while was very good, where he was saying that we are going to respect the results of the referendum, that we are going to seek a Brexit that puts jobs first. And then he said, and we are coming up with um, the six tests for any Tory Brexit that will lead us to support it. And after he took, he take away the minority, the majority government of the Tories in 2017, then that was very important, right? Like you could, he, they needed some labor MPs on board. And so all of a sudden labor was in a powerful position. And so initially, Labour had what you could call constructive ambiguity on Brexit. It didn't have its own position. It didn't say if it was sort of fully remain or fully leave. It was just like, we respect the results of the referendum. And therefore, any, but any, any acting out of those results, because obviously on the ballot paper, it didn't say how we leave. It just said remain or leave. And leave meant tons of things to different people. Incidentally, I think that's one of the reasons that it won, is that it was this formless thing that people could just pin whatever their hopes were on. Kind of like the whole Make America Great Again thing, right? Where it's like, no matter what, if if your life sucks and you want to imagine a radical change, it's this uncertain future. It's this thing that is, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, well, precisely. It's this thing, it's whatever you want it to be. Um, so anyway, what's, so Corbyn um, was able to stay ambiguous on on Brexit for a while and say, look. Bye, curious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brexit, curious. Yeah. So we respect it, but we'll, you know, here's what it has to be. Right. Um, but now I think that we've already passed one of the deadlines that the conservative deal has failed to gain any votes. So the, the deal is that the European Union has offered is one that is pretty soft as a Brexit, not acceptable to most of the conservative party, doesn't meet the Labour Party's test, so it was rejected. Um, and so now what's happened is that the conservative party is basically having to coalesce around no deal Brexit. Because that's the because if the deal, the only deal available, is unacceptable, um, the only thing they can do is no deal. What that means is that no is that you can't be constructively ambiguous anymore because they can't be constructively ambiguous anymore. And so this is where we get Corbyn triangulating where he shouldn't. And so even though so that's why and I think this is something they've done more recently, which is they've come out in favor of a second referendum, which I'll explain why that's necessary in a moment. Uh, they've come out in favor of a second referendum where they would campaign for Remain. But after the European elections where we took a massive thrashing, it took us a long time to come around to that. Like, because we were so, I think we were very focused on trying to please the Leave end of the party and the Remain end of the party. Um, and incidentally... Relieve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 
And, you know, so also, incidentally, right, like, there is a really good left critique of the EU. Like, there is a, there is a, it's a capitalist institution. It makes it easy for capital to go on strike because it facilitates capital mobility more easily than labor mobility. It's like, it's, uh, it's possible to have things like um, public utilities, uh, publicly owned utilities in the European Union, but it makes it hard to keep them public because of certain things like tendering rules. So, for example, you can't prefer, it's very difficult to prefer your own state if you're going to be taking over a railway because you have to like open it up to competitive bidding, which means that Richard Branson can then just come in and say whatever shit he makes up. And then you have to treat him as though he's not lying. And then Virgin takes over your railways, or your hospitals or whatever, and runs them into the ground. Right. Like all of this is because of the EU. Like this, these are problems that are to do with the European Union. Um, however, I think people who are left-wing Brexiteers or Lexiteers as we call them, by saying that um, looking at the, Euro the campaign to leave the European Union and saying um, actually it's good that we that we are leaving the European Union are sort of missing the forest for the trees because the campaign to leave the European Union is a right-wing campaign. It's going to open up. It's going to create a massive shock in the economy to allow anybody who um, who's in power at the time that we leave the European Union uh, to remake society in their in their vit in their image, mm -hmm. right? So it's if you are the prime minister and you have a parliamentary majority or close to it, you're going to be able to do hyper Thatcherism because all of these openings are there for you to create institutions to replace old institutions, make laws. Whatever. Mostly how after um, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, they responded by privatizing all the schools. Someone's read Shock Doctrine. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it, it is a classic case of the Shock Doctrine. Yeah. So I, that's why I think it's... And so a lot of people sort of, I think, see this and would like labor to, remit, to maintain an organization critical of and willing to break the rules of the European Union, but understand that for now, at least, we have to stay in until maybe we can leave on our terms, mm -hmm. um, if at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I personally, I think that the good thing to do would be to remain in it because it like, even though it creates one border on the outside of the EU that we should work to take down, it reduces the borders within the EU. And these are generally good things. These are forward moves right. that we should capitalize on and go forward from rather than trying to retrench. Mm -hmm. um, and so because... Because it took so, I think I think Corbyn's inability to kind of come to that decision more quickly and his desire to triangulate has, in in a very non-Corbyn fashion, actually has you know is probably going to mean that when there is a general election in a few months, which I think there will be, um, is probably going to cost us some votes. Now, I said I don't see anyone else in charge of the Labour Party than Corbyn. I just think all of his his tendencies to be Corbyn, to not triangulate, to take a strong right. position could have actually helped us in both of these cases. Yeah. Corbyn's got a Corbyn more. Corbyn's got a Corbyn more. Yeah. You know, he's he's trying to Corbyn less. Right. Uh, I think he's trying to Corb out, but I think yeah. he should Corb in. Corb in. Yeah, yeah exactly. see, see what I did there. Yeah, that's great. Corbyn yeah. feminism. That's yeah. my type of feminism. <laughs> so, by the way, I did ask some people for, um, if they had any questions for you. Can I read them? Go for it. All right. One is from Jason Bournemouth. Uh, I'll look up it. That's his... What's it called? What's that... The name, not the handle. Uh, name? Explain yeah, it. his name. The, the one that changes. Okay. Here's one. All the media frenzy about proroguing. Is that how you say Proroguing. Proroguing? Yeah. Proroguing. All, yeah. the, all, the, all about the delicious dumplings. I do love those. Proroguing, shutting, parliament, or stopping no deal. Camp Boris Johnson and the rest of the disaster capitalists simply waited out till the exit date 
as our legal default is leaving without a deal, they don't actually need to do anything. That's one question. Mm -hmm. The other one is get him to explain Isabel Oakshot, originator of David Cameron fucking a pig. You won't regret it. <laughs> so up to you. Which one okay, you okay. I'll do the first one because it sort of carries on from what I was talking about earlier. I'll try to do the quick explanation. And by the way, if you want the sort of more detailed Brexit explanation, um, the episode of our podcast, The Great Brexit Escape Room with Tom Cabassi, who's the head of the IPPR, think tank in Britain, really sort of instrumental in this stuff. It's the it's a very good explainer. We basically just get him to lay this all out. But with the proroguing thing, um, I think that uh, one, one of the things that the experience of the previous attempts to negotiate Brexit have shown is that there is no current end to Brexit that can command any parliamentary majority right now, right? There just, there isn't one. Um, the, the deal has been rejected. No deal has been rejected. Um, no Brexit's been rejected. Everything's been rejected because there is just no majority for anything. Um, and parliament does have to ratify anything that the executive does. However, it is true that the executive could just dissolve parliament and then wait for us to leave without a deal, which is entirely possible. I don't, I don't know whether he'll do it uh, because of the doctrine of parliamentary supremacy, which is like parliament is you know, sovereign in the UK. It really comes down to a contest of wills between parliament and the executive. I can't predict, honestly, who the, would the queen is your executive, right? <laughs> um, there are some people who are saying she might have to step in and it's like, yeah, of course, of course, of course she, she will. She's basically spent her entire life just like, you know, having like gins at 11 in the morning, yeah. waking up at 11 right. in the morning to a bottle of gin. She totally knows what's going yeah, on. Totes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. She thinks Brexit's a kind of like, you know, new food. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if she's going to, if we're going to prorogue parliament, then that comes down to a contest of, of actual like wills and political maneuvering that we can't possibly predict. Hopefully but, we'll be going towards a triumph yeah. of the will. Triumph of will? Triumph of the will. Yeah, sorry. I have to do my Lenny yeah. Riefenstahl material. Yeah. Um, so... And then at that point, we can say like, we can say also that um, Parliament has shown itself willing and able to take control of the process. So it has seized the legislative agenda from Theresa May on a few occasions. So there's no reason to think it won't again with Boris Johnson in charge. Um, and then say could pass a piece of legislation that says if the UK does not leave with a deal by you know one minute to midnight on the day of, then Article 50 is revoked. So Brexit's cancelled. You know, so these are Brexit's freaking canceled. I'm saying it first here. Yeah. Um, Online, right? Call out, call out culture. Yeah, call out culture has, in my opinion, has gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Catch me at the catch me at the stand. (laughs) Right. So, um, you can see it going. There are what I'm saying is there are multiple different possibilities um, for either the executive, which wants a no deal Brexit, or Parliament, which sort of doesn't. Some of it does, but mostly doesn't. uh, To to take control of the process and shape this outcome. One thing that I think is, one thing that I think is very likely, um, is if we don't go down the proroguing route, and this is again back to what Tom Cabassi says, which is that at, the deal is now impossible to change. The parameters of leaving are impossible to change. So if you want to, fi- if you want to find some finality here, you could either um, change Parliament by calling a general election and then running on platforms of what specific uh, vision you have of Brexit. Um, so, like the Lib Dems would be cancel Article Fifty, the um, Tories would be no bre- would be hard Brexit, uh, no deal Brexit. The Brexit Party would be what if we blasted the UK into space? Um, you know, Labour 
And I think, again, this is an issue of triangulation. Labor would probably say, we will negotiate the best possible Brexit instead of just saying, no, this is a right-wing project. We have to cancel it and do something else later. Personally, that's what I think they should run on. People might call me a melt for that, but whatever. A what for them? A melt. Uh, they might be, oh, you're a centrist. I'm like, you know, yeah. if you think that Lexit's a real possibility, then you're deluding I yourself. I melon, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you call me a freaking melon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he'll... Gallagher. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. He's... Yeah, a Gall- Prime Minister Gallagher, for some reason. Yeah, that's that's the un- problem. Is the UK has an unwritten constitution, so we could just say, mm, "It's a, it's a, it's, an oral it's, a it's a, yeah, sort of. Uh, it's it's just procedures and, and traditions and so on that have been passed down and that are basically spirituals. Yeah, it's more. It's like uh, it's like Marion Williamson. It's like a vibe. Yeah, it's like totally, a vibe totally, constitution. Yeah. It's yeah. a constitution that you just feel. Yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, um, you meditate and then it comes to you. Um, and when when Mercury's in retrograde, you know the constant Britain. It's, it's, bad um so they, we could so that's what i mean change the parliament change the people who are voting for what we do so that the gets the outcome you want but that's risky because boris could just lose his majority he could get his majority cut even further i think it's right now like two it's really narrow something like that um or you could change the mandate which means Chuck boris by the way yeah. That's a good, just, you can use that. I can, I should, I, want to get him out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. That's a good strategy. Not only is that a good slogan, it's a it's good, good strategy. strategy. Yeah. yeah. It's hegemony and socialist strategy. I think that's what, that's the, the extent yeah. of what Chantal Mouffe wrote yeah. is Chuck Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the other thing you could do is change the mandate. You know, okay. you could say, so we're having a second referendum, which is now saying, you know, remain or this deal or remain or no deal or whatever, however it's structured. So, I'm I'm not I'm I'm sort of intentionally not making too much of a prediction. I think general election is probably the most likely because prediction. labor Sorry. prediction, yeah, a Brexit prediction. Yeah. Um I, that I think general election is probably most likely. Okay. But hey, we'll see. Yeah. I I, I can't wait to eat shit on this in like a month. You don't have to punish yourself yeah. that much. <laughs> um okay, and the other question, the pig sex question, oh, you want yeah. to that or? Um that one's very involved. Okay, we'll <laughs> going for that. a bit. So okay, let's just to wrap up. Yeah. Um, let's. I want to ask you just a little, um, like what you pro- uh, you can't you don't have to do this for all of them, but I want I was wondering what the different equivalents of different people would be, like the Canadian, the British, the American, right? So like can't really tell you Canadian, but I can do American really? and British. I don't know anything about Canadian know. politics. I thought it stayed in your blood. Yeah. You uh, yourself no, I got a transfusion. At the NHS. Yeah. Thanks, I got a free. I got a free yeah. transfusion of British blood. Um. So Boris Johnson, he's who in the in the U.S. Or is he so unique? See, a lot a lot of people are like, "Oh, Boris is just Trump," Trump yeah. and it's like that, that's a a little that's a little bit right, but I think it doesn't capture the entirety. Um, I think Boris is as a little bit of that, but I think who is your most um, arrogantly performative U.S. senator? Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's Trump Biden. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is. He is as because he, he is as much of a dissembler and phony. Everyone's like, oh, he's like Trump because he wants to do right wing stuff. Yeah. And it's like, sure, fine. That's yeah. boring. That's a boring comparison. Right. Yeah. He's like Biden yeah. because both him and Biden put on a big show of being, you know, bumbling oafs. Right. And, um, but Boris's bumbling oafery is deeply, deeply studied. Uh, uh, whereas okay, I think, right. uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he, he carefully so prepares. Biden. Yeah. I think Biden, Biden comes by it naturally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He comes by it honestly. Boris. Yeah. 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 So let's say this. Yeah. I think Biden's the comparison I'm going to go with on that one. Okay. Yeah. 
even though they're totally different. But because they're something. both they're both bumble because they both bumble. It's just right. bumbles bumble. on purpose. They yeah. bumble. They okay, Cupid. Yeah, they, they, they Tinder. They're yeah, constantly. Exactly. They're yeah. constantly getting. Do you guys have bumble in England? Uh, we've got it. Yeah. Right. Thank. Good. Good for you. Yes. Um, Everyone, go get on Bumble. Get on find bumble. find someone special. Is, uh, is that, this bumble. episode yeah. sponsored by Bumble? Find someone special. Um. Uh. Okay, Corbin. Uh, look, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna want to say Sanders, right. um, but Mike Gravel. <laughs> nice. Okay, like if Mike Gravel were more pop, had more support and bigger yeah. profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better foreign policy, and as many as a lot of people like to say, secretly controlled by teens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also toothy. Yeah, toothy. Men. A lot of teeth. A lot, a lot of, of teeth on these yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if only, if only Corbin was toothier. Yeah, in, terms of in my opinion. Got a Corbin yeah. in. Um, so Bernie, he would be anyone like, I just like your hot takes where you're like pushing back on the easy answers. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to give you easy answers. I didn't fly across the Atlantic to give you easy answers. Him, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, uh, John McDonald, because they're both cantankerous old men who, who are famous for yelling about inequality, for shouting right. at cameras about inequality. Okay, I like it. And they're both, and people, a lot of people both think of them as quite, um, as quite grandfatherly because Corbin, not cantankerous. Yes. Not cantankerous. McDonald, deeply cantankerous. Corbin looks cantankerous. And no, but he's, but a, he's not. But he's a sweet old man who likes to grow vegetables. That's why he's like yeah. Gravel, because Gravel's right, just sort right. of a sweet old man who likes to grow 9-11 conspiracy theories. Right. Corbin's a sweet old man who likes to grow vegetables. John McDonald's when Bernie Sanders have all the, the, the crotchety rage. Crotchety yeah. I call They'll, that crotchety mentioning. Yeah, they're crotchety mentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thatcher. People are going to want to hear me say Reagan. Clinton. Because they're both strong women that did it for themselves. Oh, that is good. Yeah, We're doing feminism good. now. Yeah. We're doing neoliberal feminism. Right. Well, what about May? Oh. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I've almost got this. She's a Clinton? Schumer. Because she constantly ate shit and was never able to get anything done and everyone hated her from every party. Except moving the uh, embassy in Israel. Uh, yes, yes. He did help yeah, with that. He did, yeah. 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 Um, Trudeau. Trudeau. Chuck Romano. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah, Chuck Romano uh, is is Trudeau because they are, they both have um, Chuck Romano. Like Chuck Romano's conception of when Britain was at its best was literally the 2012 opening ceremony for the Olympics, Um, and that's that's his vision of progressivism. So they they are both as shallow as one another. Okay. Uh, Tony Blair, did we say who Tony Blair would be? Well, look, I mean, okay, here's the, the obvious one, actually, is that Tony Blair and Bill Clinton, because this they're actually, the they're both, they're both slowly desiccating into the same right. person until eventually Wonder Twin Powers will join, and then they will team up with their best friend, Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Oh, we didn't even talk about him. Uh, he, by the way, was hired to work, hired by uh, Barr's father to work at the school I went to. Mm-hmm. Dalton, <laughs> fancy school. Um... You were just saying, what were we just saying? It just reminded me of something. Um, what did Epstein? I ask you about just now? Uh, oh, right. Blair. Clinton and Blair. And they both, yep. you know, a lot of people say and, and document how presidency yep. ages you, but they actually post-presidency or post-prime ministry, mm-hmm. ministry yes. um, really ages them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they will, because I think now what they're doing is they've poured so much of themselves into their terrible foundations where they either like invent a new kind of math for Africa or they like advise Mohammed bin Salman as to like what to wear if he really wants to Im- dress to impress right. at his next UN function. Who wore better? Yeah, where he becomes yeah. the like yeah, 
where Mohammed bin Salman is becomes like UN chair of you know, human rights or right. whatever. Like Tony Blair tells you what shoes to wear. Oh, I loved when um, when uh, Corbin pointed out that it was kind of ironic that on International Women's Day, uh, Theresa May did something with him, um, and she accused him of mansplaining. Well, but she, of course, he was. You know, she yeah. wasn't able to let he wasn't able to let a strong dopey woman right. um, fuck up independently. Right. Yeah. Like a strong, like a like like a Bridget Jones. Right. Realistically. Yeah. Do you think he said stupid woman? Um, I don't care. I, I don't mean, really. I don't. I don't know. I don't really care yeah, either. That was so yeah. ridiculous that that was a scandal. Yeah. Also, the diff- there's a different. It's one of these things. Where I think there's there's also this thing in the British media where they're obsessed with uncovering what all of the supposed socially ju- social justice concerned politicians really right. think. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people in the British media are just sort of such wretched people that they're like, well. You you claim to be a good person. Right. You must seek. This can only be a cover. Yeah. You, this couldn't be anything but a cover. Yeah. So right, they're projecting slash undermining yeah. actually good blood. Yeah. Well. So it's like so they're they're always trying to find the gotcha. Right. Partly also because that's just a good story. Right. You know, yeah. Because it's like oh this was unexpected. When it's and, like you know Bor- again if Boris Johnson Boris Johnson was accused of engaging in some like domestic violence with his girlfriend uh, Carrie Simons on the basis on the basis that. Um, that he was having an affair with like an ex- with like a very cool East London um, East East London it former it girl from like 2010. Um, okay. Also, I just want to mention that like he wasn't mansplaining. Uh, Corbyn wasn't mansplaining when he pointed out that it was International Women's Day and she was like had done something with MBS. Mm-hmm. He, she's a terrible. He's not saying she's dumb, but she is. Mm-hmm. But he's just saying she's a terrible person. Yeah. So she she doesn't even know how to use that no. that that word. Well, I mean, it's 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 the, part of this like woke washing of stuff where it's a lot of people have like heard the word mansplaining. Yeah. Never really ask themselves what it means, and then are just like are just like oh I can use this to yeah, I, I can use the left's own idea yeah, against right, them. Yeah. I can outwoke the progressives. It's the worst. Yeah. So, like it's that's like that's why the the American Democratic Party take it full circle always looks. So clownishly stupid. I gotta say, I almost, I kind of loved it when Theresa May made that really stupid joke about a jack. What was it like? A j- premature or something? It was some like ejaculation joke. Oh, was it in she PMQs? Had so much fun. It was at, you know, everyone shouted, shouts at each other. That's one of the fun things about British yeah, Parliament it's is that so it's basically it's too. like a roast battle. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny. But it was, it reminded me of like I, I was amused by it because she looks so genuinely. <laughs> satisfied with herself which is usually gross but in this context it was funny it reminded me a little bit of when hillary clinton said at a rally i don't know who invented pokemon go but i'm gonna need someone to invent pokemon go out to the polls yeah or go get out the vote and now she's president and now she's president. but i have to say her doing that she had this like mischievous smile on her face mm-hmm. which was actually kind of heartwarming because I, that was her being genuine like one of the no, rare she's a dork. Times. Yeah, she's, she's a, a dork. dork. Yeah, she's it was being really, a dork. really endearing, actually. Um, and then watching Tim Kaine, who I really detest, um, <laughs> smile <laughs> I, ear to ear. I'm like the only person who's ever said that, right? Smile ear to ear, like grin ear to ear. He was so amused by it, and it was amazing. Um, I, but, yeah. I mean, I, I just want to know who, like, Hillary Deadender is fine. We've heard tons about yeah. them. If you're a Tim Kaine deadender, at me. I yeah. want to know what you're like. Well, there are Tim Kaine... I mean, there are people who love to talk about Bernie being bad on, on abortion, which is not true. He's actually more um, 
unapologetically pro-choice than Clinton is. Mm-hmm. But Tim Kaine, who said he wouldn't repeal the Hyde Amendment and is personally anti-choice, though I actually, as a leftist, don't particularly care if you're personally anti-choice. I probably wouldn't, like, date you. Um, but uh, it's amazing. I mean, mm. the hypocrisy is just, like, I have to... We love it, folks. Yeah, we love it, folks. Yeah. Anyway, so, well, thank you so much for coming on. And where can people find you? Katie, thank you very much for having me. Um, you can find us uh, on Trash Future, uh, all one word, on any... Podcast streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Libsyn? Lib, um, no, not Libsyn. Uh, because we're Neo not. Libsyn? Yeah, Neil Libsyn. No, Comsyn, maybe. Yeah, we gotta um, start that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone start that. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us there, uh, wherever fine podcasts are found. Um, and also on Twitter at Trash Future Pod. And aren't you gonna be in a little tense, little town <coughs> in Scotland? We are. We are. Going to the Edinburgh Fringe. In fact, we have a few live dates. We have Edinburgh Fringe on August 10th. Um, a couple days before that, we'll be going to the Birmingham, Birmingham Transformed on August 8th. Burning Man Transformed. <laughs> yes, but finally, finally, someone's making Burning Man for the for everyone. Um, and we're also going to be at the World Transformed on uh, September in September. Uh, but we'll come. We don't know what date we are at the World Transformed. Yeah, exactly. Finally, someone finally will have a reason to remember that day. Exactly. Besides Um, Chile, 1973. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So do come, do come, get your tickets to the World Transformed as well. Great. Um, Also, Fanny Pack. We coming full circle. No pun intended. It is awkward because I guess Fanny means vagina in England. It does indeed. But in but but in the United States and Canada. So I have a British friend who thought Fanny Pack was very funny. But you know what? Fanny Pack is more of a Fanny Pack. The Brits yeah. have it closer because yeah. where do you wear that? We actually call it a bum bag. Well, then you be, do you really? Yeah. What? Why is the bum? What is the bum lobby? The rear lobby that makes you got that makes all these countries call something that is obviously a, a veg pack. Stop being anti-Semitic. A butt pack. Right. <laughs> it's pure anti-Semitism now. It's conspiracy like, theories. Oh yeah, yeah. we we run yeah. the world and yeah. we and the media and the fanny pack um, nomenclature industry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, on that note, uh, let's, uh, at, on the talk, speaking of rears and ends, mm. ends, we've come to the end. We've Damn. come to the fanning Damn. of this episode. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah. The Katie Helper show is edited by Ted Reedy. Our theme song is by the band Cordoba. 